For a lonely little girl, a new friendship can be wonderful and dangerous. This week on the podcast, Wait Till Helen Comes by Mary Downing Hahn. Hi, and welcome to Growing Up Bookish. It's a podcast where we read nostalgic books and talk about them. I'm one of your hosts, Emma. I'm also a host, Allison. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm so scared. You're so scared. I'm not scared anymore, but my we're re- God. We're reading a ghost story. Well, we've read it. We're going to talk about it now. Yeah. Uh, we're reading a book that I chose called Wait Till Helen Comes. And I, it gave me nightmares when I was young. I read it very young. Yeah, see, I think I read this in middle school. So, And at that time, I was reading those... Uh, Oh, what those scary story books? Scary stories to tell in the dark. Yes, and those so are scary. I, so I was already yeah. primed for this. It I was much younger. Yeah, I think my book cover is more terrifying than yours. This... I have to. Okay, so we have to take a minute to talk about these okay. book covers. Have you seen this righteous mullet? <laughs> Look at that. I, okay, so is that supposed to be Heather? Yes, and then Molly is the blonde one behind oh, yeah. the tree. Okay, so Molly looks like how I would envision, but that is not how I envisioned Heather at all. She's got a mullet. <laughs> I mean, I do love mullets, so I'm not going to knock her for that one. Helen uh, looks like a beautiful ghost. She does. She's, like, so beautiful. I, yeah. I, I, no, I wouldn't talk to that. Never mind. <laughs> no, you definitely wouldn't. I would not. I would be like, please go away. Yeah. I'm not ready for this right now. My cover is in a graveyard, and Heather with the mullet is staring <laughs> transfixed at Helen, who is like a full-fledged like person, but glowing. Yes. And Molly, the, uh, the older sister, is hiding behind a tree with a look of horror on her face. And yours is like painted, drawn illustration. Yes. It's the original cover from 1986. Nice. Your cover's hideous. <laughs> I hate it. Well, I don't like it because it's too scary for me. And this was the only copy I could find at it the store. It does look pretty so like, scary. My God, why do I have to get stuck with this one? So it's <laughs> it's a realistic photo of a graveyard with weeds. And then it's just got this single girl on it. And it's a, a photograph. It's a photograph, yeah. yeah. And she's kind of faded out towards the bottom of her dress. Um, and half of her face is in shadow and it's like black and white and she's, you know, dead look on her face, just like dead stare. It's terrifying. It is to me. pretty scary. Well, we also have very different synopses on the back of yeah. our covers. Mine told the entire story. Yeah. So I'm not gonna share it Don't with read you. It. Yeah. <laughs> read yours real quick. Okay. Twelve year old Molly and her ten year old brother Michael have never liked their younger stepsister Heather. Ever since their parents got married, she's made Molly and Michael's life miserable. Now their parents have moved them all the way to the country to live in a house that used to be a church with a cemetery in the backyard. If that's not bad enough, Heather starts talking to a ghost named Helen and warning Molly and Michael that Helen is coming for them. Molly feels certain Heather is in some kind of danger, but every time she tries to help, Heather twists things around to get her into trouble. It seems as if things can't get any worse, but they do when Helen comes. So let's get into the story. It's basically about two siblings named Michael, who's around 10, Molly, who's around 12. Um, Their mother married Dave. Dave. About six months ago. Oh, okay. Only about six months ago. Did it it mention that? Yes. Okay. Because I had actually went back and looked it up because I was like, how long have they been married? Six months. So not even that long. They have, Dave has a younger daughter named Heather, and she's about seven, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, Heather's mom died in a fire when she was three years old. As a result, Dave is, like, super protective of her. 
and I'll get into that later. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, don't worry. I've got plenty <laughs> to say about that too. My notes make it clear how I feel about Dave. <laughs> anyway, um, we're gonna be dogging on Dave, right? But they also mentioned that Dave doesn't believe in therapy. Okay, that really bothered me too. But we'll get into that. <laughs> So I just wanted to give you a slight rundown on the characters before we get into the actual uh, story. And, the so, mo- and it took a while for me for them to get to the mom's name. Her name is Jean. Jean. But like the the story is told through Molly's eyes and so she just mom. calls her mom. Yeah. And so when I write about her, I write her, I say mom. mom. Yeah, me too. She's mom. But I'm like, why does Dave get a name? And mom Because doesn't. Dave isn't dad. He's Dave. He's Dave. <laughs> So in chapter one, Molly and Michael find out that they are being forced to move out into the country and live in an old church, which sounds cool to me. Oh, because my notes, uh, this would be the last piece of real estate I would invest in. Oh, no. No way in heck, my God. I just kept saying, nope, nope, nope. (laughs) I am the opposite. I would be very unhappy. Well, they were unhappy. Not because it was a church. No. They just didn't want... Because they live in, like, Baltimore. So they're, like, city kids. Right. And they're moving out to the freaking country. And I thought it was odd, too, that the parents... Made, maybe this is just 1980s parenthood. The parents made this decision without having the kids. Like yeah. the kids had not have not seen the property yet. Right. It's just hey, hey, we've already done this. Your summer's ruined. Yep. We're moving. Yeah, because the kids are like, oh, but I had plans this summer. I'm join. Like Michael's really into science, and he was like, I was going to join the science club, and she's like, Nope, sorry, sorry. <laughs> this is what we're doing. I'm a painter, and Dave's a potter, and somehow we make money to buy an old church. <laughs> which means there's something wrong with it yeah <laughs> yeah so they've they've decided to move to the church because it's got more space for them to do their art yeah. because i guess the parents have just really decided what kind of life that they yeah. want without without caring it. about the children yes. yep no they don't care about their kids throughout this entire book and we will get more into that too <laughs> so that's that's pretty much chapter one but also in chapter one we immediately learn that heather is an annoying brat that no one likes yes i said Whoa, Heather, you you a manipulative snake. She 100% is. And then I found out that she was seven, and I'm like, oh, wait, oh, I'm sorry. I oh, I'm so sorry. Bad. I felt bad for that. I did not feel bad for her at all. <laughs> she knows exactly what she is doing. I know, but I was just like, oh, it's because, okay, yeah. No, Heather is one of those kids who loves her daddy and wants to be daddy's number one, and anytime dad gives mom attention, she gets really upset, upset. about it. Yeah. And she, like, so she doesn't like mom and she doesn't like molly and michael because they're there right. and she tries to get molly and michael into trouble pretty much all the time yeah and molly i think molly's the one that referenced um was it a movie or a tv show that she saw called the bad seed have you seen that is it real yes oh i didn't know that it started as a play so it's a play called the ba- well i think it started as a book that was made into a play and then there was a movie in the 80s around this time called the bad seed called the bad seed okay but- because and it made me think of a movie with Macaulay Culkin and Elijah oh, Wood. Oh, good son. Yeah, which was rated R. And I wanted to watch that movie oh, when I, I was younger it. so badly. I watched it. But then I was like, oh, it's rated R. I can't watch that. Oh, apparently my parents didn't <laughs> care. They're like, here, watch this. Don't be like this kid. I thought it wasn't good. but they... So there was an 80s movie of The Bad Sea, but the famous one is from like the 60s. And it's got like this blonde girl in it. And oh, God. Uh, it already she sounds is the creepiest. No, thank you. Nope. Kid, I love creepy kid stories. I'm gonna make you read at least one because I have a bunch oh, on a God. list. Okay, 
And I've been trying to decide which one. Because I went through a phase around eighth grade where I read all these stories about creepy children. Oh, my God. And maybe it was because of the bad seed. Because the, they did have a movie that came out in the, like, 80s or something, 80s or early 90s, that was a remake of the original movie. And I watched it on TV. And I was obsessed. That's fascinating. I, yeah. I didn't think it was a real thing. I it was is just like, oh, thing. they just made up something. Yep, it's basically about a, a girl that, you know, she ends, like, the girl is evil and kills people. Oh, my God. does horrible things. Oh. Yeah. But she's manipulative because she, she's all sweet on the surface mm. to her parents or whatever. And so, yes, I would also at this point say that Heather is very much like Rhoda in The Bad Seed. Chapter two. So they're in there. They're moving into their new house in the country. They're unpacking their stuff. Mom insists that Molly take Heather out for a walk while they're unpacking. Mm-hmm. And Molly tries to be nice to Heather, but Heather's just a bee. Yeah. yeah. She, do- she does give it her best effort. Every yeah. time, she's giving it her best effort. Exactly. But Heather's a horrible, horrible child. She's she's just unhappy. Oh, Allison. shut up. That's what, You sound like Dave. <laughs> she's just unhappy. So as they're exploring the grounds, they find the graveyard... What's weird is, like, I'm not really creeped out by graveyards. Yeah. Because when I was younger, one of my most fond memories is visiting the graveyard where some of my um, relatives are buried. Right. And we would just go around and pick up all of the flowers that had tipped over. That was what I would do as my grandparents were doing whatever they needed to with that plot. But we would just, while they were doing that stuff and waiting, we would go through each each little burial site and pick up the flowers that had fallen over. So for me, I'm not creeped out. Churches creep me out, not <laughs> not cemeteries. That's a little strange. It is strange. Well, Molly's super scared. Yes, she is. Of the graveyard. She's a little bit of a scaredy cat. I don't. For being like a 12-year-old. I think she's just an empath. I think she's sensitive. Well, she, she definitely can, is an empath. She can pick up on vibrations. That later. So she pick, she's yeah. picking up on stuff. She does. She They do actually, I mean, it's not really a spoiler. They do kind of like mentioned throughout the book that you know spirits and ghosts are things that only certain people can see yes and molly is one of those people and so she does sense danger something in the graveyard from the minute she gets there yeah but if if uh heather senses it she doesn't care because she just she just (laughs) goes straight on in (laughs) and she taunts molly for being scared and uh molly gets all angry and runs off and i'm like why are you letting this seven-year-old girl get to you i know um, so Molly returns home, and she decides she's going to start unpacking, and the chapter ends with her worrying about dead people in her backyard. <laughs> because, you know, the graveyard is essentially in their backyard. Yeah, the book has a map. Um, oh, yeah, the, the map. So we've mentioned in previous episodes that Emma always wants a map, and this one finally has one. Yes, and it's so cute. It is it. really cute. It's drawn. I'm almost positive that this was drawn by um, the author, because in her biography I read, she talked about how she illustrates oh cool so this is probably drawn by her and it has the entire layout of their little area here i think this is so cool and i would want to live here see i love cities but if i were close enough to a city i think having like i would want this as like my summer house yeah you know i just wouldn't want it to be a church (laughs) (laughs) in chapter three um it's evening time and the family decides to go for a walk and they all, except for Molly, want to go see the graveyard because they hear about it. Right. Um, I forgot to mention that in, there's a lot of this, and so I don't mention it every time, but like when Heather comes back, she's like, Molly left me there. Yes, there's very much. Anything, yeah. anything that yeah. happens. Yeah. 
Heather turns around exactly. on Molly or Michael being if I had like, to mention mean to every her instance or terrible yeah. or yeah. And then Dave's always like, "Why would you leave her? She's only seven. You know, just something like that. Ugh, yeah. so annoying. Anyway, so Molly's still scared, um, but they decide to go as a family to look at this graveyard. Yes, and let me mention it really bothers me that almost everyone in the family picks on her for being scared. Yeah. No one stands up for her. I mean, I already, I kind of already did by being like, you're 12, Molly, get over it. But (laughs) it's her own mother. Her own mother is like, there's nothing to be frightened of. I'm like, no, you need to validate her feelings. Maybe she's trying to encourage her to get over it. But you would say something like, I was scared too when I was younger. You know, you can hold my hand or, you know, whatever. She does bring her in for a hug or whatever. And yes, Molly kind of like says, clings to her. There's nothing frightening about graveyards. <laughs> Old ones like that. <laughs> Maybe there is. Uh, I probably would be end up being like Jean and being like, get, get, over, o- get it, over it, Molly. Come on. You're 12 now. <laughs> Grow up. <laughs> so they all go look and nothing really happens. Um, just they look at the graveyard and Molly's scared and Heather taunts her like an, like an ass. And Michael enjoys reading about all the dead people. So they return home and Dave is offering to show Michael some of him, his astronomy books or something. But Heather's having none of that and basically can't stand that Dave is like showing attention to anyone else. Yep. And forces him to like put her to bed and tell her stories. Yes. I'm sleepy, daddy, she whispered. I want you to put me to bed. Is your room all ready? Dave asked. Yeah, but I don't want to sleep in there. She peeked at me and then tugged on Dave's beard. Why not, honey? He asked, gently freeing his beard. Because of her. Heather looked at me again and snuggled closer to Dave. I don't want to sleep with her. Mom and Dave looked at each other and sighed as if they'd been expecting something of this sort. Molly's your sister now, Heather. Dave said patiently. Sisters always share. Heather stuck out her lip and managed to squeeze a few tears out of her big, sad eyes. She's mean to me. Oh, Heather, Mom said softly. Molly's not mean to you. When Mom tried to touch Heather's shoulder, she jerked away as if Mom had intended to hurt her. You leave me alone, Heather cried. You're mean too, and I hate you both. Him too. She glared at Michael and then turned to Dave. I don't want to live here with them. I want my own mother back. There was a little silence in the kitchen which made all the night noises, the crickets and the frogs, the wind and the leaves, seem louder. Now, now, honey. Dave stood up with Heather in his arms. Daddy will tuck you in and tell you a little princess story. Wouldn't you like that? Heather buried her face in his neck. As he carried her out the door, she looked at me and stuck at her tongue. She is the worst, and Dave (laughs) is a terrible parent. And it only gets worse from here. It does. I do not like Dave. I do not like him. I don't like him and I don't like Heather. You may feel like she's only seven, but I'm just like, she knows what she's doing. Yes. I mean, I did. Not that I let, you know, kids. Gosh, I don't even know how to say it. It seemed more possible to me when I read it that to not like her thinking like, oh my God, this is a 10 year old like twirling her dad's beard. That's so weird. She's so manipulative. And then when I found out she was seven, I'm like, oh, okay, well maybe she's still trying to navigate. Like there are a lot of first graders that I feel like are still trying to navigate how to be, but like she's awful every single minute. Minute. Yeah. She never has a good moment. And he, he never like 
reprimands her. No. Nothing. He's just always like, she's so sensitive. And he doesn't believe in therapy. And they do say that at the beginning. That, like, you know, she's been through a trauma with her mom dying. Right. And, you know, she's a sensitive little girl. But, like, he refuses to get her to talk to anyone or anyone to look at her. He just wants her to work through all her own issues. But he's not helping her work through them. No. If he won't take... Yeah, he believes that shrink, like, will mess up her head. Uh, but he... Yeah, he... He doesn't talk to her about what happened. No. Nothing. Nothing. It's like, just don't talk about it. Yeah, and, and he just, gets mad if just other people be nice. It. Just be nice yeah. to her. Don't provoke her. She's just sensitive. And, like, maybe I would feel sympathy for her if she ever had a moment of being a good person, but then sometimes had these outbursts. Yeah, but no, she never once has those moments. No, it's all the time. Terrible. And they mention, like, they've been together for six months or something now, and they, like, at the beginning of the book, they're like, she's always been like this. <laughs> Since I met her. Oh, that's cool. And so, I... Oh, God, it's too soon to mention it. I know. Huh? All right. <laughs> we'll just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there will be plenty more raging about Heather and Dave soon. <laughs> so, Molly and Michael try to explain to their mom that it's impossible to make peace with Heather, but mom's, like, still optimistic, and she's like, just keep trying. La, 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 la. She, she's, <laughs> she's just an unhappy little girl. Yeah, okay. Well, be unhappy away from me. <laughs> um, at this point, I this is literally my notes. At this point, I want to push Heather down the stairs. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm a terrible person. But really, I hate her. I just want to have a talk with the adults. Yeah. Like, come on, bit. Dave. Actually, no. I don't even want to talk to Dave because I feel like you can't reason with him. No. I want to take Jean aside. Let's go for a cup of coffee in the city. And convince her to leave him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not Maybe not leave him, but he, he needs an ultimatum. Yeah. He needs an ultimatum. Yeah. So now we're in chapter four. Uh, Molly is attempting to sleep and hears Heather crying out for her mom in her sleep. I guess we're supposed to feel sorry for her, but I I do not. You didn't? No. Oh my God, this was terrible. Nope. Sorry. (laughs) She doesn't deserve my sympathy right now. The next day, mom asks Molly to look after Heather, who's gone off to the graveyard again. So she goes, and at the graveyard, they meet Mr. Simmons, who's the caretaker of the graveyard. He's the one that goes and, like, mows the lawn and does all that kind of stuff. Um, Michael and Heather are already there when Molly gets there. Heather asks Mr. Simmons why he doesn't tend to the grave that's under the tree. And he's like, yeah, what grave? grave? Yeah, he didn't know it was there. There is a grave there. It's just, it just has initials on it that say H-E-H and the date, which is 1879 to 1886. Mm Mm-hmm. So that would be exactly Heather's age. Yeah. And her initials. Dun, 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 dun. But Mr. Simmons does say that it's kind of odd for like a child to have a grave like alone with no family. Right. Because they had saw, they had seen in the graveyard too, like all of those are family Families plots. put together. Yeah. yeah. And so he was like, this is really weird. But I also wonder, and they never mention it again, because originally Mr. Simmons is like, oh, there can't be a grave there because there's tree roots. You can't bury a body amongst tree roots. But right. But then how did they do it? I don't know. And why did they do it? I don't know. I don't know either. I'm like, is she buried close to the... No, you can't have them too close to the yeah. surface because, like, animals will yeah. get to it. So I don't... She's for, just, so she's I just think mangled the... up under the, the tree roots. <laughs> I guess so. The first time I read this, I think I thought that she wasn't actually in that grave, but she is. Yeah. So I just... They never explain that. No, they don't. So whatever. That's just a little stupid detail that bugged me. Apparently, all of my notes are going to be about the family dynamics yeah. and not really I mean, the story. Th- it is kind of a family God. story. Makes sense. So I put, okay, so Dave makes an effort with Michael. 
as far as like wanting to yeah. show him things. Yeah. And Jean is making huge efforts with Heather. Yes. Like trying to be nice. That are all getting shot down. And Molly is the freaking babysitter. She really is. That's it. That's it. I, I made some, definitely some comments what about that later. What a horrible summer. Yeah. I would be so mad yeah. at my mother. Yeah. I'd be so mad. She's like, oh, you know, Michael, just go off and have fun. But Heather, you, uh, or Molly, you have to watch over Heather. There, There's definitely, there's a point later where it comes to a head and I raged in my notes about it. <laughs> but she is the babysitter. She yeah. totally is. And it's so unfair. It is so unfair. Especially since mom knows how insufferable Heather is. Exactly. And I'm like, if you want to really help you- this child... Why aren't you spending the time with her? Because they have to do their art, Emma. It's so important that Dave does his pottery. He can't look after his own kid. He's got Uh, pottery to do. Put her in there with you, man. (laughs) She can make some stuff. Yeah, teach her how to make something. (laughs) Give her a freaking arts and crafts project. Art therapy. There's her therapy. There you go. But he doesn't believe in therapy. She just has to, like, work out her own issues far away from him. <laughs> far, so that herself. he doesn't have to hear them. By herself. Yeah. A seven-year-old. To navigate huge feelings like that. Cool, Dave. God, there is definitely some issues <laughs> with this family. No joke. Chapter five. The kids head back to the house to finish unpacking. Molly tries to read... Watership Water down, down to I Heather. I was so excited yeah. to see that. But Heather's a dirty rabbit hater. <laughs> yeah, she did. She's like, I don't like rabbits. Who cares what happens to them? And it's I'm like, that's a red flag. Stupid and boring. If you don't care what happens to animals, I'm not sure that we could be friends. You do need some therapy. Yes. <laughs> for sure. So Molly just is, continues to read by herself. And uh, Heather just stares out the bedroom window into the graveyard like a creeper. Days pass. Everyone gets into their own routines. Michael goes to catch bugs. Molly is asked to look up after Heather, but she actually doesn't. And she admits that she doesn't. So, well, like, who the, would want to? I know. Who can blame her? So the parents go off into their doing their art or whatever. And Molly is supposed to be the babysitter for Heather. But she's like, yeah, I didn't really. I kind of just, like, let her do her own thing. I mean, I understand because she's seven and she could get hurt. But at the same time, like, this kid does not want her near her. Right. She's un- she's beyond unpleasant to be around. One day, Molly catches sight of Heather in the graveyard being all creepy. I found Heather sitting in the shade staring at a small tombstone under the oak tree. As I watched, scarcely daring to breathe, she said something in a voice too low for me to hear, her hands flashing in the shadows as as she gestured nervously. Then she sat back, her mouth half open, her eyes half closed, nodding her head as if she were in a trance. All around me the leaves rustled and I shivered, sure that the noise they made was hiding words from me that were audible to Heather. Convinced that she was in danger, I leaned toward her, peering through the tangle of honeysuckle, wondering what I should do. Oh, Helen, Heather said suddenly, her voice louder. Will you really be my friend? I'll do anything you say. I promise I will, if you'll be my friend. Again, she was silent, her head tilted to one side, a smile twitching the corners of her mouth. The breeze blew again, making a dry sound, a whispering, and Heather nodded. I'll wait for you, Helen. When you come, I'll be the best friend you ever had. Cross my heart. The description of what her body is doing freaked me out. It's pretty creepy. At this point, Molly's worried, and so she calls out to Heather, who immediately gets angry that she was spying on her and denies talking to anyone. She's like, I wasn't talking to anyone. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Later, Molly tries to talk to Michael about her feelings that the graveyard is haunted, but he doesn't believe in ghosts, so... 
He doesn't entertain her ideas. No, he's very scientific. And I'm not sure that I would believe her either, to be honest. See, I would believe someone, and I would not want to go down there with them. <laughs> I'd believe probably be you. more like Michael. You don't have to show me. We're good here. Michael tries to come up with logical explanations to everything it that she work. experiences. But, you know, Molly knows what she saw. Uh, Heather overhears them talking about her and threatens them both. So she threatens them with, Molly's right, you better not laugh, Michael. Helen doesn't like either one of you, and when she comes, you'll be sorry for everything you ever did to me. And I'm like, what did they ever do to you, you ungrateful brat? <laughs> I don't know. Because, like, literally what? Yeah, they don't They don't do her. anything, dude. They don't. No. I don't know. They she's, just want to live their just, lives. She needs therapy, Dave. <laughs> God. So that's when the chapter ends. Molly goes to bed hating Heather and me too. I hate her too. I only have, so chapter six, I only have one note. Uh-oh, what is your one note? I don't like Dave. Well, I'm going to read, I have a lot of notes. So let's okay, see let's what get Dave, into it. let's see what Dave did to make Emma hate him so. Uh, Heather wakes up Molly screaming from a bad dream about the fire. <laughs> Dave is an ass and blames Molly for Heather's see? nightmare. See? Come on, man. It's not Molly's fault. Right. Your daughter went through something extremely traumatic. Right. Uh, but yeah, Dave is basically like, have you been mentioning the fire to her? Because she hasn't had these dreams in a really long time. So it must have been you telling her about the fire. And now she's uh, having nightmares again. And I'm like, Dave, I hate you. I, I guess the reason why he feels like it has to be Molly is because... She is the one that is expected it's to watch hang, her yeah. all the time. So it could, you know, she's There's the only one, one that's person. having interact and <laughs> yeah. actions with her. Molly tries to explain that what Heather's been doing in the graveyard, but Dave twists it all around so that Molly's scaring her with ghost stories. Oh my god, I I don't like Dave. <laughs> At this point, my note is: Can I also push Dave down the stairs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <gasps> so he's just like. You know, even though Michael tries to be like, no, Molly's the one, or Heather's the one scaring Molly, not the other way around. He's just like, don't you dare tell her my child ghost story. She's only seven. She's very sensitive. And I'm like, God, dude, you're the worst parent ever. You don't pay any attention to your kid and you blame Molly for everything. Yeah, here's the thing where he's like, Molly didn't scare Heather. Heather scared Molly. And Dave says, well, no sense standing here all night arguing about it. Just don't inflict your own fears on Heather and Molly. Ugh, Dave. So it's like, oh, now you don't want to argue, big man? Yeah. Come on. Yeah, now that you've been uh, proven incorrect. God, I hate him. Uh, it's Reading my notes after the fact is hilarious because my next note is, the next morning, Heather goes out to the graveyard again being an insufferable brat. I don't know what she said, but we can all guess that it was something awful. Yeah. <laughs> because that's just what she does. Oh, yeah, she says... Uh, it's none of your business, basically. Maybe yeah. I am, maybe I'm not. It's none of your business. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think Molly's like, where are you going, Heather? Because she's trying to be her babysitter like she was tasked to do. Yeah. And Heather's just awful. So Molly decides instead to go out and look for Michael. But she doesn't find him. Instead, she finds a large pond in the ruins of an old house. Oh, yeah. Which I think is awesome. Now, <sighs> I'm trying to decide if I would think this was awesome. When yeah. I When I... When I was younger, absolutely. Yeah, it'd be a but fun I don't know how I would. It. There was a night my senior year where a few friends and I went out late at night to abandoned houses. I would not go in there at all. 
I mean, it was like out in the woods, abandoned house. It wasn't I, okay, like so I'd be ruins. scared of I'd be scared of animals and bugs. I wouldn't be scared of ghosts. Oh, or I was anything. terrified of ghosts. But no. like, oh god, what was that? The Blair Witch Project had just oh, come out. Oh, so I'm like, yeah. I don't want any part of this. <laughs> I if the, if I was guaranteed that there would be no bugs in there, but there You'd might be there. ghosts, I'd go. <laughs> but I would not go if there were bugs. <laughs> I don't like bugs. Ghosts are fine. These ruins that Molly finds, she unsurprisingly finds Heather in there, talking to Helen. And at this point, I really liked the description that Molly gives on seeing, she she describes seeing Helen. Yes. And the quote is uh, about Heather, and it says, Turning towards a space in the air, a sort of shimmering emptiness that reminded me of heat waves. And so it's like, you know, I can totally envision that. Have you ever seen those without it being? No. I have. Well, I guess you are the sympathetic <laughs> empath that gets a ghost. I am not. It didn't scare me, but it was coming off of a person. Oh, is that person possessed? No, she's a medium. Oh. So. That's but I was weird. like, huh, that's interesting. Did you tell her you could see that? No, I haven't told her. Oh. You should. Should I? <laughs> okay. Yes. Man. I'm so sad I never get to see anything. I want to see things. Ugh. You'll see bugs. That's what you get to cool. see. Cool. <laughs> cool. Thanks. Thanks, universe. Well, so, yeah, they're like heat waves. I yeah. love that description. Unfortunately, this creeps out Molly, and she just runs away. Well, <laughs> that's creep, fine. I mean, it creeped me out, too. Sure. Of course, Heather sees Molly uh, when she leaves that ruins. Because I think Molly runs away and she, like, pauses by the pond. And Heather comes out and she sees her. And, of course, she's angry, being like, you're following me. Yeah, I don't think Molly ever makes it one time where she yeah. spies on her and then and sneaks away and doesn't isn't detected. Exactly. Every time Heather finds her. And it's a whole other, you spying on me. Yeah. Me, me, me. Why don't you leave me alone? Yeah, exactly. Molly attempts to warn Heather, saying she's got a bad feeling about Helen. But that's when Molly notices that Heather is wearing an old locket. Creepy. It doesn't open. It's I think they said it was like bent closed or something, so you can't open it. But Heather says that Helen gave it to her, but refuses to show it to anybody, and she runs off. Don't ever take jewelry from a ghost. <laughs> I feel like that's just bad. That's just a bad idea. Have you ever been offered jewelry by a ghost? No. <laughs> And if I'm not I sure ever that that's were, a usual ghost tactic. If I ever were, I'd say, no, I'll pass. I'll Thanks. take some. <laughs> Come on, ghosts. God. I just, anything. I just want to see a ghost. <laughs> Chapter seven. Molly tries to convince her mom to tell Dave to not allow Heather to visit the ruins of the house. But she frames it in such a way that, like, it's falling down. You know, it's tell your daughter not to play in this yeah. dangerous, it's, crumbling building. It's unsafe. But, I mean, Dave's a-okay with his child just wandering the countryside. (laughs) Mom and Dave. Okay, so this is when I get really mad about the babysitting. (laughs) Mom and Dave expect Molly to parent Heather, and that's annoying as hell. I have to read this passage, okay? Because I just can't believe how terrible these parents are. Yeah, I said these parents are infuriating to me. Yeah. So this is after Molly is telling her mom about the ruins and being like, please tell Dave to tell her not to go there. And it's like, of course, mom gave me a long look. You know, though, Molly, that Dave and I count on you and Michael to take care of Heather. It's up to you to make sure she doesn't run wild in the woods all day. And I'm like, what? What? Is it up to me? I am not her parent. Exactly. I am slamming the table. (laughs) I hope you can hear it. (laughs) I'm so mad. (laughs) And yet again, she did not preface this 
She did not tell her daughter, hey, we're moving out to the countryside. Um, you're going to be you're the gonna babysitter. You're going to have to be the babysitter. Yeah. I'd be like, uh, you want to pay me for this yeah, or something? It's up like, to you what, to what parent our kid. Yeah. What the heck? I wrote, these two should have never had children. <laughs> or at least Dave shouldn't have had children. I feel like mom oh, is yeah. a decent okay. mom. But yeah, no, this is this is another thing, too, because I think she mentioned that the mom had mentioned that they moved out to the country so they wouldn't have to worry about their kids. Yeah. And I'm like, if you didn't want to have to worry about your kids, leave them in the house, then in the city. Yeah. Just stay in the stay in the city, stay near relatives like I don't understand. I mean, maybe she was worrying about them being in the city as far as, like, crime and, and that stuff. But Yeah, I'm because like, I'm assuming that they worked outside of the house. Yeah. Probably. I don't know what kind of jobs they had. They didn't say. But I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. You have to worry about your kids? That's what happens when you yeah, have kids. Yeah, when you have kids. <laughs> and if you Otherwise don't want you don't to worry about them, then you get yeah. them involved in activities after school they're or living daycares like or something. Teenagers. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, yeah they're like teenagers. Weird. They're like, I want to go off and do my art, art. and not be worried about my children. And I'm like, uh so the 12-year-old's just going to watch the 7-year-old, and, and everything's everything's going to be fine. And then, by the way, anytime something goes wrong, I'm going to be real mad at the 12-year-old that they can't parent right. the kid. That's right. They don't stick up for the 12-year-old at all. Ugh. At all. Oh, then it also bothered me, too, that when Molly was talking about how unsafe the house was um, that Heather was playing in, her mom was like, oh, that sounds like a really cool thing to sketch. Because she's <laughs> selfish. Like, oh God, why does everything have to be about you? Everything's literally about It's them. a seven-year-old playing in ruins. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like really cool art. It gets worse because at dinner, Dave makes a real poor attempt at telling Heather not to play near the ruined house, but then gives up instantly, in which yes. my, my note here is worst dad ever. ever. Because essentially, oh. he says, oh, sweetie, you know, I heard it's really dangerous. You probably shouldn't play there. And Heather's like, it's not dangerous. And he's like, okay. Oh, okay. The seven-year-old says it's not dangerous, so it's not dangerous. <laughs> it's <laughs> oh, <my> just... God! <laughs> <laughs> I'm, more, I'm more annoyed with the parents than I am scared of Helen. Like, Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The real horror story is the horrible parenting. <laughs> Oh, jeez. Next day, Michael and Molly decide to go visit the ruined house together to scope it out. It's raining, but they go anyway. Michael's fascinated by the house, which he determines must have burned down because it's got all the, like, charred walls and stuff. Mm -hmm. Molly is a scaredy cat the entire time. <laughs> Look, she's reading She's reading the energy in the house. Yes. She's sensitive. There's something amiss. Th and that's why I'm not sympathetic because I'm Michael and I have none of that energy. <laughs> it's fine. I'm no I don't have any of the empathic nature. So, you know, don't blame me. Molly catches a glimpse of Heather standing by, down by the pond, just standing in the pouring rain, staring at the pond. Creepy. Creepy. So, obviously, they're worried she's going to, like, catch pneumonia or something. So they both go outside and force her, force Heather to leave the rainy pond. It's, there's, like, when they pull her out, she seems, like, really distraught. Like, she's, like, I think they said something about how she was, like, in tears or, like, Really upset that they pulled her away. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. rather than being bitchy, like, she was, like... No, twisting and turning and crying and yeah. screaming and begging. Yeah, to go back. Yeah. Yeah, and so I thought that that was kind of a change, but eventually she gets bitchy again. <laughs> um, and says that they scared Helen off. So I guess Helen was there and they scared her off? I don't mm. know. 
And then she threatens him again, basically being like, you'll be sorry. Yeah, whatever, Heather. We let go of her, and she slumped on the floor between us, weeping, her face hidden in her hands. You always make her go away, she wept. But you'll be sorry. You'll be so sorry. See what I mean? I turned to Michael. Surely he would believe in me now. There's nobody here, and there never was, Michael said scornfully. You might be able to fool Molly with ghost stories, but you can't fool me. I know a lie when I hear one. Just wait till she comes! Heather turned a look of pure hatred on Michael. She'll get you first. But Michael just laughed. <laughs> What's taking her so long? Why can't she get me right now? The time's not right, Heather said, gazing past both of us. She stared out the windows at the wind-lashed vines and dark clouds. Michael laughed again. <laughs> oh, I'm so scared, he said in fake quaver. You should be. Heather stood up and then backed away from us, just as a stone tumbled from the wall above us and crashed at Michael's feet. There! Heather shrieked as Michael and I stared at the stone. She doesn't want you here. She wants me, just me! And that's when they leave the house, I guess. They, like, pull her out because danger. They, yeah, I mean, yeah. why are they even caring? I mean, I know why they're caring. Yeah. But I'm like, God, just leave her there. If she wants to be there, just leave no, her there. No, because then they'll get blamed. Exactly. So they have to take her with her. And they're not heartless people. No, they're not. Heather they're would leave them people. there to get killed, oh, but yeah. not the other way around. She wants bad things to yeah, happen to them. She does. So uh, on the way home, Michael forces Heather to show him the locket. And they see that the initials H-E-H are on it. Just like the gravestone. Yep. And Heather tells him that it stands for Helen Elizabeth Harper and says it's my friend and your enemy. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my God. And see, now I have to imagine that this child with a dark brown mullet is saying all these things. I know. <laughs> this mullet, though. <laughs> it's so awful. <laughs> Like, this is, like, a legit mullet. <laughs> yes. It's not even just, like, a kind of, like, oh, well, maybe her hair's brushed back. No. Nope. No, it's a mullet. That is, like, a Walmart mullet. That was the style. Did I, I didn't know anyone that had a haircut like this. It's not, she is not, how they drew her on that is not, not how, how you pictured her. her. No. How See, can you take a mullet seriously? Unfortunately, I, I had to picture her that way because <laughs> that's all I've ever seen. So, she's the mullet kid she's to me. She's the mullet kid. Chapter Eight, they're back at home. Molly and Michael discuss what happened. Michael is convinced that Heather just has an imaginary friend and is making everything up. You know, like made up the name. Right. And everything like that. But he suggests that they go to the library to look up information about the house. Very smart. Yeah. But he's convinced it'll, he'll be like, you'll see when there's no one named Helen that lived there, you'll see that it was nothing. Right. So they go. I don't know where Heather is. Because they drug her back to the house, but... Oh, yeah. Where is she? Maybe I don't remember. Maybe Dave is actually watching his child no, for once. No, no, no. Definitely not. I don't remember where, but they they go off without her. I, I don't know. They go without her. And when they get there, they talk to the librarian, and she shows them, like, a photograph of the house before it burned down, and there's a man, a woman, and a girl. Mm-hmm. In the picture, I saw a big stone house standing on a hill with a lawn sweeping down to a pond. On the terrace sat three people, a man, a woman, and a girl. The man and woman sat close together, their hands clasped, the, but the girl sat apart, her face turned away. I stared at it, wishing the people were bigger and easier to see. That's Mr. and Mrs. Miller, the librarian said, pointing to the man and woman. Michael nudged me and I smiled, relieved that their name was Miller and not Harper. But the librarian wasn't quite finished. 
And this, she went on, her finger lingering on the girl, is Miss Miller's daughter, Helen. Helen? I stared at the woman's face, my heart thumping. She nodded and turned the picture over. Someone had written in a spidery, old-fashioned hand. Mabel, Robert, and Mabel's girl, Helen, taken in June 1886 at Harper House. Harper House? It was Michael's turn to ask questions now. I was sure that I couldn't have said a word if my life depended on it. Are you certain that's what it's called? Why, of course! It's written right here! Mabel was married to a Harper. Yes. But but married Robert Miller. Miller. So she changed her name, but Helen kept her last name of okay. Harper. So that makes it... Helen Harper. Harper! They also read an article that tells them that the entire family was killed in a fire. Mm -hmm. The parents' bodies were never found, but that Helen, the child, drowned in the pond and was buried in the graveyard. There you go. So, which kind of makes it surprising to me that Mr. Simmons didn't Didn't know know about about it. it, Because, like, this is a small town and everyone knows everything. Right. So. I don't know. How would he not know that? I don't know. I mean, the Harper house is on their land. It's the only house in that whole area and he didn't mention the harper house no when he first he didn't met with the kids yeah mm-hmm. so i'm kind of surprised that he didn't be like oh that's gotta be the harper kid because you would think if a girl drowned in the pond there after a massive fire it would everybody part- would know about it and it, it would be part of the town lore I yeah. think too but whatever for whatever reason he doesn't know about it but he knows information later which ugh, forget it it's fine <laughs> it's all part of the mystery i guess um, so there have also the article also talks about accounts of people saying that Helen haunts the graveyard and the pond, and that the ghost may be responsible for previous drownings in the pond. So what do you got to say about that, Michael? Nothing really. <laughs> Apparently, he said nothing good because I didn't write down what he said. <laughs> On the way back home, they run into Mr. Simmons, who tells them a gruesome tale about a girl drowning in the pond three years ago. Yep. And he talks about how she was like a lonely little thing with no friends. And Molly is immediately Sounds like... familiar. Yeah. She's like, this is just like Heather. And I wrote, good job scaring children, old man. Because <laughs> he, he literally like goes into detail about like how the kid was found in the lake or the pond. Oh, yeah. He's like, she yeah, was yeah. found all twisted up in the vines. And I'm yep. like, dude, what are you doing? These kids are like 10 and 12. But still, that's good information to know because... Sometimes it's good information you, for us to know. Well, them too, as far as like, uh, don't go swimming in there because there's yeah. actually things in the bottom that will... Yeah. Grab your feet and whatever. I I, not that I would ever go swimming in a pond. Gross. Ew, me neither. Gross. Blech. Bugs. Blech. Dirt. Oh, yeah, bugs. <laughs> no, thanks. <laughs> I don't like dirt and bugs. I don't want to go near a pond where there's, like, talk of a ghost and people drowning. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but the dirt and the bugs. So, chapter nine, the two return home from the library and get yelled at by Dave. <laughs> I wrote, my God, Dave is the worst. Uh-huh. Heather says that they took her to the ruins and then left her there. That's right. But they didn't because they drug her home. I specifically remember. Well, it Maybe been... she ran off no. and I forgot. Okay, no. So they, they drug her home. And when she and Michael went to the house, that was the following day. So they woke up. They woke up and went about oh, their day. Right. And so I guess Gene and Dave didn't like check in on any <laughs> of their children. Yeah, no. But it disappoints me that Jean doesn't stand up for her kids. Yeah. She does not stand up for them. Because, I'm sorry, if there were some man whom I loved accusing my kids every single time, no. 
check yourself. She it, like does it, half-hearted things I know, every so often. I know my kids. Yeah, and she does say stuff like that sometimes, but she doesn't it's, do. Oh, she's always like, I know my kids aren't liars or whatever. But she yeah, eventually no, cows that's down to be him. like, hush your well, mouth, Dave. It hush your mouth. <laughs> just when you think it can't get worse, it does. Because <laughs> after Dave yells at them for leaving Heather in the ruins and going to the library, I wrote. Well, my note says I want to punch. Dave straight in the face. But um, mom tries to reason with Dave, but he's being a jerk and decides that he's leaving with Heather to go have dinner elsewhere, even though Gene already cooked dinner for everyone. Oh, my God. And I wrote, don't come back, you jerk. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm going to take my daughter. We're going to go have dinner elsewhere. And she's like, but I made dinner. And he's like, bye. And I'm like, oh, my God. He's terrible. He's He's terrible. terrible. He's just a man. Yeah, I mean, I know you love him, but your kids come first. I don't first. know why you Your kids love him. come first. So, obviously, mom's upset. Um, and I wrote, she's upset, but maybe you should expect, you shouldn't expect your children to watch other children. <laughs> Hello? I'm like, why isn't Dave getting mad at himself for not... For not watching his, his own kid? kid? Seriously. I guess that would take too much, like, self-awareness and... <laughs> so... Poor mom. I mean, I feel kind of sorry for her, but I mean, I feel like it's also kind of her fault, but whatever. She she goes for a walk to be alone. Yeah. And that's pretty much the depressing end of that night. The That night, Molly hears mom and Dave arguing. Oh, yeah. And when she wakes up, Heather is sitting up in bed smiling about it. Creepy. It's so creepy. There's also a time, and I, I didn't write this down, but now that I'm thinking of it, it just adds to the whole, like, cornucopia of awfulness. But, like, when Dave and Heather come back from, like, dinner, uh, Heather's all, like, licking an, an ice, ice cream, cream cone right. and just being like, nah, 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 Taking nah. her time yeah. with it. Yeah. And I'm just like, like, just kill her. Kid, just push her into the I, pond. Kid, I don't want your ice cream. <laughs> I just want you to be a normal human yeah. being. Quit being a brat. And, well, so back to her sitting up in bed smiling, Molly gets mad and she, like, yells at Heather. And Heather says she wishes they were all dead. Red flag. <laughs> and do the, the parents don't hear this, no, right? No, of course not. They, so she, Michael hears them yelling. And so he comes in and Heather threatens them again. And this is when she uses the line, wait till Helen comes, which yeah. is, like, you know, obviously a big deal. Um, but then that's when Dave comes in, and oh my god, the second Dave comes in, Heather falls onto the bed weeping. <laughs> of course, Dave is like, what are you doing? Haven't you done enough? <laughs> <laughs> okay, remind <sighs> me, I can't remember. Does Molly ever mention the horrible things that Heather says? Like, no! I would go to my mother and say, look. This is what she said. She just said she wants this, us all dead. Like, I, yeah, this is not just an unhappy child. I'm fearing for my life. I think. And. I don't think she ever mentions exactly what she says, but I do think that she's mentioned at some point, and I don't remember when, that uh, Heather enjoys seeing them fight. Right. And that she might did. have been now. She did, yeah. Yeah, she might have been like, she's enjoying this, and she wants you guys to split up. Yeah. But I don't think she says it to Dave. I think she says it to her mom and her mom's like oh no of course not she's just she's a very unhappy little girl and i'm like fuck that unhappy little girl <laughs> later uh after bed molly hears heather get up from bed and climb out the window molly goes to look and she sees a bluish glow coming from the graveyard yeah <laughs> molly follows her despite being scared so okay so why 
Why wouldn't at this point, she, would she not go into Michael's room and be like, look at this? Go into her parents' room oh. and be like. Oh, I wouldn't trust my parents. <laughs> you wouldn't? <laughs> no. Like, hey. Look at this. I just woke up. And she's went outside. And she's going outside by yeah. herself. You would They'd th- probably yeah. be like, oh, well, just go after her and bring her back It's inside. your job to make sure she doesn't <laughs> climb out of the window at night. Why aren't you doing your job, Molly? You can't sleep anymore. <laughs> Anyway, she she doesn't. Uh, Molly follows follows her instead. This time, she actually sees and hears Helen. (sighs) Helen, she whispered. Helen, are you here? Too frightened to breathe, I saw the glimmer of blue light shape itself into a figure of a girl no bigger than Heather. She wore a white dress, and her hair, as dark as Heather's, tumbled in waves down her back. Her features were indistinct, her eyes in shadow, but I knew who she was. I am here. The girl said, her voice low and cold. Heather smiled. How beautiful you are, she whispered as Helen took the flowers and bent her face to smell their fragrance. They regarded each other silently for a few moments, and then Heather spoke once more. They have been cruel to me again, she said. I've told them you're coming, but I don't think they believe me. Do something soon, Helen. Make them sorry. Heather leaned toward the dim figure, imploring her. Soon. Helen's voice was like winter wind blowing through a field of weeds, dry and cruel. Very soon. And then we'll be together all the time? You'll never leave me? You'll always love me? Heather gazed at Helen, desperation in her voice and gestures. For all eternity, Helen sighed. You and I, Heather, will never be alone again. I promise you. One pale hand, almost transparent, glimmered near the locket, making it shine with borrowed radiance. How about Daddy? He'll be with us, won't he? Heather took a tiny step backwards, away from the hand touching the locket. Helen didn't answer. Her image wavered like a reflection on the water when a breeze ruffles the surface. Then she was gone, and the graveyard seemed to plunge into darkness. Heather cried out, reaching out towards the air where Helen's shape had vanished. Helen! Helen, don't leave me! She cried and fell to her knees, knocking over the jar of wildflowers in front of the tombstone. As she began to gather them up, sobbing for Helen to return, I backed away from the hedge towards the safety of the house. Running across the grass in the moonlight, I was afraid to look back for fear of seeing Helen in pursuit. As soon as I reached the window, I scrambled through, heedless of the noise I was making, and flung myself into bed. I don't know how long I laid there, shivering with fright, waiting for Heather to come back. When I heard her at the window, I shut my eyes tight, praying that she was alone. Just wait, Molly. Heather whispered in my ear in a voice as chilling as Helen's. Just wait till Helen comes. You'll be sorry then for all the things you've done to me. Once again, what? <laughs> what have I done to you? <laughs> Just her mere presence bothers Heather. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, so at this point, I don't know if it's yet or if it's a little later, but it honestly doesn't matter. They kind of make hints that Molly feels like Helen's presence is causing everyone to act differently differently yeah but i'm not sure i believe that because at the very beginning of the book they talk about heather and they show her being a bee at the beginning of the book yeah before they got here so she was already awful yeah i feel like they're trying to explain it away to make heather not be this horrible villain but it's not working because she was already terrible yeah and i remember reading that part and feeling like the author was trying to say like everyone was being affected by helen she felt like helen was having or before like before in the city like things were kind of bad but it wasn't as as bad bad. so she feels like helen is having an effect on 
everyone. But I'm like, Dave is terrible. He's always been terrible. And Heather's <laughs> always, always been, been terrible. terrible. Because Heather was terrible in the first chapter when yeah. they're still in the old so house. So I don't, I don't know. Maybe she's what? amped up 10%, but so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it is. That Quit seems trying to a explain lot of it diff- away. Yeah, that seems very different from how they were in the city. I was angry when she kept trying to like use that as like the reason. I was like, don't you dare try to say that Heather was only being a jerk because of Helen. Maybe that's just Molly's caring nature. Like I said before, she's very sensitive to other people, like ex- especially her mother. She gives up a lot of fights with her mom. Because she sees how distressed her mother is. And she's just like, oh, it's not going to do any good. I don't want to make her more upset. I'm like, gosh, that's wonderful that you feel that way about your mother. I mean, it really is to be that sensitive to it. But at the same time, you still have to stick up for yourself. And sorry, uh, I think your mom knew it was going to be difficult when she married Dave. I think she did. (sighs) Because Heather's always been like this. Oh, God, they're awful people. (laughs) This is more of like a family dynamic story than a ghost story. It really is. At this point, I don't care about the ghost. I'm just, I hate, I hate Heather and I hate Dave. Oh my God. So, chapter 10. Mm-hmm. It's the morning. Molly attempts again to convince Michael of Helen's existence. She's like, I saw it. I heard it. I finally saw it. And, you know, I noticed that, you know, over time, Helen becomes more and more, like, visible. And I wonder why yeah. that is. They I never, don't know. They don't really explain it. They don't. That's a good point. But, like, it starts as a rustling of the leaves, and then she sees, like, the shimmer, mm-hmm. and then she sees, like, just a blue glow, and then and she sees a blue like, glow with a figure. Her senses are just getting heightened. Maybe. I don't know. I, I don't know what caused this, but it doesn't matter. Heather gets them into trouble again, and Dave calls them little monsters. And Or he calls one of them, like, you little monster. Oh, I think it was because... Oh, I remember. They were going... Molly was trying to tell Michael that Heather snuck out last night. So they go outside so she can, like, prove that, you know, Heather climbed out and was able to climb back in or something. Yeah. And that's when Heather, like, goes to the window and she's like, they're outside spying on me through the window or something like that. (laughs) And Dave, like, leans out the window and he's like, you little monsters. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Dave, just stop. I would not buy any of his pottery. I do not want to support an (laughs) artist like that. (laughs) Me neither. Mom scolds them. Molly tries in vain to tell tell them about Helen, but when they ask Heather about Helen, Heather denies that Helen exists. Uh, uh, and so the parents decide to go into town to do some shopping, and they take Heather with them that's for right. once. Thank God for well, once. They're taking her because they feel yeah. like she needs to be separated yeah. from the other from the monsters from the little monsters from the little monsters. But still, just never come back, please. <laughs> Um, left alone, Molly and Michael go outside for a while and they're like catching bugs or something. And they have another conversation about Helen and Molly is convinced that Helen's going to try to lure Heather into the pond Mm -hmm. because, you know, the stories about the other kids and seeing her standing by the pond, she's figured out this is what's going to happen. Yet again, I love Molly's capacity for empathy because at the end of this chapter, she does have some empathy for Helen too. I'm like, that's wonderful. You're like, no, no. No, at this point, I, I just, I, I'm sorry. Maybe that's why ghosts won't like, appear to me. Helen can take Heather and yeah. Dave. That's fine. Yeah, go ahead. Take them both. <laughs> Bye. We'll be happier without you. <laughs> this is why the ghosts won't see me, Emma. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, chapter 11, as they're returning home, Molly, with her empath nature again, yes. 
gets a bad feeling and she's like, Michael, don't go into the house. And they start hearing crashes. Oh, yeah. Coming from Ooh. inside. And, you know, they run from the house and they wait essentially until the parents get back. But Molly, as they're running from the house, she looks back and she sees Helen leaving the house. Yes. And she, does she tell Michael at that point? No. No. No, she doesn't. He wouldn't have seen her. Yeah. <laughs> What's the point? He denies it every time, so. Well, he's not an empath. That's right. That's I, okay. I understand you, Michael. It's fine. <laughs> so they wait outside until their parents come home. Uh, Michael tells them someone broke into the house. So they go inside and discover that Michael, Molly, and Mom's stuff is all been trashed. Just their stuff. Just their stuff. Of course. And Those... Molly sees a note scrawled on the wall. Yes. That says... I have come, H-E-H. <gasps> but it disappears, like, immediately. Yeah, which like, sucks, because... Yeah. Um, Heather taunts Molly with an I told you so, and Molly loses it, screaming that it's all Heather's fault, but, of course, that doesn't go over well with Dave. He's like, she was trying to comfort you, and this is what you do. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Because he never hears what actually comes what out says. of Heather's mouth. Yeah, all he saw was Heather, like, reach over to, like, whisper in her ear, and and he's like, yeah, she was clearly comforting you. No, sir. She wasn't. She was giving me death threats. But to be fair, like, Molly loses it and she's like, this is all Heather's fault. Like, how could it, like, how could it have been Heather's fault in logical terms? Heather wasn't even there. So, you know, that does make Molly seem a little crazy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I could, I could get that. But I mean, even if she tells them the truth, which is the truth, the truth is a ghost did it. They're not going to believe her. So. I mean, she, I think she tried to tell her mom about the ghost. But then that's how they're like, oh, you're just, you have a fear of death death. or whatever. (laughs) And that's that's Dave's assumption, by the way, because Dave apparently is a psychiatrist. So he knows. Yeah, no. That all this is because a real shrink will mess up your kid's head, but not your weird. Not Dave. God, I hate Dave. (laughs) So they call the police to come out and look, but Molly knows they won't find anything because she's like, well, it was a ghost, so good luck. Yeah. Um, I think she gets mad at Michael for like telling. The policeman that Molly thinks yeah. there was a ghost. But the policeman doesn't really, like, discount it immediately. No, he doesn't. He's like, oh, there's been reports about people seeing ghosts over here. Yeah. Which is- There you go, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, chapter 12, Molly and Michael start cleaning up the mess that Helen left in their rooms. Despite Heather being a horrible person, Molly's still determined to protect her from Helen. See? She's wonderful. Molly is she, wonderful. I mean, she is a good person. So she vows that she's going to watch over her day and night to make sure that Helen can't get to her. Because now she knows for sure that Helen's going to lure into the pond and she won't let it happen. She's gone beyond babysitter to, like, child protector. Exactly. The next day, Molly wakes up and has a chat with Mr. Simmons about what happened in their house. And she admits to him that she thinks a ghost is responsible. And he actually doesn't discount her. Mm -hmm. He says, you know, I might think that it was a weird story, except that I've heard one just like it before. And so apparently his own sister swears that their cousin Rose was lured into the pond by Helen. Oh, and so that cousin died? Yeah. Oh. So their cousin drowned in that pond. And he said that her, his sister went to the grave swearing that, that their cousin was possessed by Helen. And Ooh. that's what happened. And so he's like, you know, maybe there is truth to your story because yeah. you aren't the only one to have this. And he basically is just like, just keep Heather from going to the graveyard in the pond. That's all you can do. Because she's like, what can I do? And he's like, just, just keep her away. I did want to mention that at the end of chapter 12, I absolutely loved her thoughts on death. Of course you did. I, I just love this stuff. I just love it. And I think it's wonderful that the author put it in um, 
I mean, this reading level is 4.7, but I don't really know what that means in terms of... 4. Point, is that grade? I don't know. Like grade 4? Maybe. 4.7? Either... Anyway, I love it that she puts a topic like this in a book for younger kids because... This it's, book it's always a seemed fast, a little bit more adult yeah. to me. I mean, I love her writing throughout this whole thing, but the... The, I guess, inner dialogue that Molly has with herself about death and how she would feel and helping her empathize with Helen is just it's just wonderful it's fabulous it's one of my favorite parts of the book oh. <laughs> a nice little moment between Dave's infuriating oh, God, I know. mess and we need some of that Molly is really a good person so she is that's that's nice chapter 13 Molly returns home she sees a note telling her that her parents have gone to town but they're just leaving all the time mm-hmm. okay they have to go replace all of oh, the canvases yes. that right. that got slashed. That's right. Because I guess Jean's, I guess Dave's pottery doesn't make them any money, because Jean is so upset because she was like, my paintings were what was going to keep us afloat. Yeah. So I'm like, what the hell is Dave contributing? <laughs> Don't know. Apparently he's a bad potter. He's just sitting out. He's probably not doing anything out there. He's just sitting out there doing nothing. <laughs> so she sees a note saying that her parents have gone to town and that Heather promised to sit, stay inside the house until Molly returns, but. <laughs> Does she? No. No. <laughs> she doesn't. Of course she doesn't. So Molly goes out to look for her because now she's like in protect mode. It starts to storm by the time that Molly finds Heather at the Harper house. Yeah. And she overhears Heather and Helen talking. Heather is upset that Helen won't let daddy come to them wherever they're going. The hatred in Helen's voice chilled me. I wanted to leap up and run away from Harper House to escape her, but I forced myself to stay where I was, too frightened to speak or move. No! Heather wailed. No, he loves me best. I know he does. Then give me my locket, Helen hissed. I'll find someone else to give it to, someone who will love me. She held out her hand, reaching for the silver chain. Someone who won't betray me. Heather's fist closed over the little heart. I want to be with you, she said, but I want to be with Daddy, too. He doesn't understand you as well as I do, does he? Helen's voice grew sweeter. If he knew what I know, he wouldn't love you, would he? Heather whimpered and covered her face with her hands. Her body shook with sobs. But I'm afraid to go in the water, Helen. I'm afraid. There's nothing to fear. Helen took Heather's hands. If you don't come now, I'll go away and you'll never see me again. Never. And then what friend will you have, Michael? Molly, you know they'll never be your friends. They don't care about you. They hate you as much as you hate them. Yikes. Yikes. So they, in this passage, they allude to uh, Helen knowing some dark secret about Heather. Yeah. She's like, if they knew what you really were, if they knew what I knew. I mean, she's already kind of a brat. Yeah. What else is there to know? I mean, (laughs) I already I mean, know, know you're a horrible person, uh, and I hate you, so I'm not sure I could hate you more. But this is also kind of shows the manipulative nature of Helen. Absolutely. Due to some technical difficulties, the rest of this episode is going to sound kind of strange audio-wise. We apologize for the audio quality and hope you can still enjoy the episode. The other thing that's important while they're having a conversation is... Um, Helen's description of where she's going to take her. So she basically, I guess I'll just read that little passage too. 
It's time to go, Heather. The mermaids in the Crystal Palace are waiting to welcome us, to make us one of them. We'll ride on enchanted seahorses in a kingdom where rain never falls and the rose never dies. Unicorns, elves, dragons, you'll see all the creatures I've told you about. We'll be so happy there. Two princesses in our glass tower. You're full, full of lies. Full of lies. Of course it is. Which, this has hit me on a deeper level now. I'm like, oh my god. These are horrible lies to lure a child to death. Yep. Like, does Helen know? She knows what she's doing. She knows that she is fabricating this whole... Yes. Good this whole God, thing. that's evil. Yeah, it is. Which is why the ending doesn't make a lot of sense to me. We'll get there. But, you know, whatever. At this point, Helen is legit an evil ghost. And actually has some kind of power. Right. Because when Molly hears her describing this magical place, she almost feels compelled to go. Yeah. And she, I think like a clap of thunder, shakes mm -hmm. her out of her senses. Because mm -hmm. she's like, oh, yeah, I want to go goats. too. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, Molly. We we'll have the whole family there. The uh, crystal palace. But then you have to be with Heather. Gross. <laughs> So she comes to her senses, and she runs after Helen, who's leading Heather to the water. Heather's already, like, going into the pond when Molly arrives, and so she has to, like, dive into the water to get her. Mm -hmm. She <laughs> pulls her by the hair. By the mullet. By the mullet. <laughs> Which side? The party side. <laughs> because you can't pull it from the business side. No, you you gotta pull her by the party side out of the lake. So oh, she's pulling her God. by the hair. Trying to get her out of the water. She pulls her to the shore, and uh, as soon as, like, Heather is out of the water, like, they hear Helen, like, weeping in the background. But then she gets angry and tries to drag Molly down, too. She's pretty much just like, you're both going to die now. <laughs> and yeah, vengeful ghost. Evil, I, horrible I can't ghost. imagine what their, what their ghost life would be like afterwards with Molly just hanging around them all the time. <laughs> yeah, like, she. They'd be like, Molly, we want to hang out with the mermaids in peace. <laughs> You're always ruining everything, Molly. <laughs> but yeah, this is kind of a a, a scary scene in a way. Yeah, because Helen seems very unstable for yeah. a ghost, I guess. And she's I mean, kind she's of shown her true intentions now. She's not got the like sweet the sweet voice anymore. Oh, no. She's like, well, if you're going to take her from me, I'm going to take you too. Yeah. And you'll both drown. And uh, she makes the mistake, Helen makes the mistake of mentioning her locket. Uh, she says something like, Heather's mine, she's got my locket. Right. Which tips off Molly to be like, well, not anymore. So she yanks the locket off of Heather's neck and throws it into the woods and Helen immediately goes after it. What is it with that locket? I don't know. Like, obviously, it's what holds the power, but what... Like, don't explain how or why. Yeah. Molly realizes, and I think she says it now, that you can't take her if she doesn't have it, right? Mm hmm And so I don't know why the locket makes it so that they can... I guess maybe it's imbued with her spirit. Shit, I don't know. They never explain. It's a horcrux. <laughs> it's a horcrux. <gasps> That's what it is. We well, I mean, it's it, never explained. It's it? not explained, and it doesn't make a lot of sense because at first I was like, well, you know, maybe that's why Heather is compelled to follow Helen, but that can't be because Molly was just compelled and she doesn't have the locket on. That's so, true. But for some reason, the locket is what makes it's, it possible for her to take her, and she can't take her without it. But why? I don't. I, I you don't, can drown a girl. I don't know. 
It's, it's like know. a claiming type of thing. I don't know. Stucker flag. This is my GPS locator. I don't know why you can't drown a girl know. without a locket. It's gotta ha- she's got to have a locket on for some odd reason. Well, she doesn't have it now. Molly manages to uh, get Heather all the way out of the pond because I think they were being dragged back in. Mm-hmm. And so she's all the way out of the pond now. Heather eventually comes to. When Heather awakes, she is not happy that Helen's not there, and she tries to get away from Molly. She's like, I don't want to be with you, Molly. I want to be with Helen. So she doesn't have the locket on anymore. You're going to be dead. Yeah. You're going to be dead if you go with Helen. She still wants to be with her, even though she doesn't have a locket. So once again, I don't understand the locket. Maybe it's like half power. Maybe it's just something that amplifies her power. So Molly drags Heather away, basically. They go to the house of ruins, the ruined house, because there's at least some shelter from the rain there. Mm Mm-hmm. Heather cries for Helen the whole time. Molly's like, uh, doofus, she tried to kill you. Just <laughs> shut up about it. Yeah. She's like, she does not want to be your friend. She just tried to kill you. <laughs> Heather wails that Helen's the only one that understands her because she's the only one that knows her secret. They can hear Helen calling out for Heather, and Heather apparently knows about, like, the locket, right? Yeah. Because she, well, she knows about the power of the locket because she says something like, you know, oh, Helen can't find me anymore. So I, it, it is a like GPS, GPS locator. <laughs> Heather's upset because Helen's looking for her and she can't find her. Yes, there's lots of crying and weeping and yep, moaning from, and from both of them. And I don't know how Molly isn't losing her mind. Like, would everybody just shut up? Yeah. Well, she continues to drag Heather through the house trying to find, like, a, a dry, warm spot because they're both shivering and wet and everything like that. And as she's doing that, they fall through the floor. Oh, no. And that's the end of the chapter. On chapter 14, they've just fallen. They land on a dirt floor. Heather insists that it's Helen trying to punch them. She's like, <laughs> she put us here. Yeah. She is mad at me. She hates she, me. She's trying to punish me for not going with her. Whatever. So she's sobbing, and Molly feels sympathetic for some reason. And uh, Heather starts wailing about how her dad wouldn't love her anymore if she knew how bad she was. And that's when Molly starts to, like, ask her questions about, like, what what's going on, girl? Yeah. And she gets the story out, basically finds out that... The fire that killed Heather's mother was started by Heather herself. Oh, no. Because she was playing with the stove. She was, and how old was she? Three. Three. Three years old. So I don't know how she reached the stove. I guess she stood on a chair. And it's got to be like a gas stove, because otherwise, how do you set a fire? Unless you've got, like, paper, right? Well, that's how I set a fire in the toaster oven. (laughs) I set a fire in the toaster oven. I was a teenager. But by wrapping a Pop-Tart in a paper towel <laughs> and putting it in the toaster oven and the paper towel caught on fire. And but it, the purpose of the paper towel was to, like, catch the ooze yeah, of the Pop-Tart? Yeah, okay. because, like, the tray that normally goes in there was, like, dirty or, like, I don't know, it was, it was missing or dirty. I don't remember. I didn't use the tray. Or maybe I just didn't want to clean the tray. <laughs> That's probably <what> <laughs> what it was. So I just wrapped it in a paper towel and when I pulled it out the paper towel <laughs> caught on fire and so I just threw it on the ground and stepped on it. Do you remember what kind of Pop-Tart it was? It's always cherry. Ugh. I love cherry Pop-Tarts. <laughs> I would eat one right now if I could. I love them. They're Ugh. so high in calories. Did it have icing on it? Yeah. Oh. It's the cherry with the icing. What kind of Pop-Tarts do you like? I like the s'mores or the brown sugar. Gross. <laughs> no, cherry is so good and it's when it's like really hot and it oozes. Especially when it's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> I still ate that Pop-Tart. I'm sure you did. 
So yeah, Heather was playing with the stove and somehow caught the house on fire. Instead of telling, like, calling her mom and being like, Mom, the house is on fire, she, like, hid somewhere. Because she was like, Mom's going to yell at me. So she she hid I mean, while her mom is looking for her. She, and she probably was going to yell at her. Yeah. Molly tries to hug Heather and comfort her. And says that she wishes she had been nicer to her. And I'm like, what the fuck, Molly? You've been nice to you her. You have been nice to her this whole time. time. There's been nothing patient, you could have done. Patient. Yeah. And kind. Yeah. And, you know, babysitting her when it's not your damn job. And, like, looking for her. Yeah. And she obviously goes off by herself. Yeah. Not caring about anybody yeah. else. Yeah. Molly tries to talk some sense into her and promises, you know, that she's going to be a good sister to her. And Heather make just makes her promise not to tell her dad about what happened. So yeah. Molly's, like, bearing her soul, being like, I promise I'll be great to you. And she's like, you better not tell dad about what happened. <laughs> and so Molly's like, okay, I promise I won't tell your dad that, you, that you're a fire starter. So as all this is happening, they're walking around the area down down below, and soon Molly trips over what turns out to be human bones. Oh no! Human bones. Well, How Heather terrifying. somehow knows that this is Helen's parents' bodies, but I mean, I guess it makes sense because their bodies were never found, right. and I guess the house burned down. Yeah, I guess they went to go hide in the cellar when the house was on fire. Who knows? Molly now asks Heather about Helen's death, and Heather tells her that um, Helen also accidentally caused a fire, which killed her parents. Oh, so they have something in common. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- at this point, Molly's, like, feeling sorry for Helen, and I'm like, but she was legit evil just a minute ago. Yes, but she's... Is she just she's absolved lived, of that now? She's... Not only did she go through something traumatic, <sighs> like... You know, the fire and losing her parents. But she's been alone for a really long time. So trapped with that regret, with no person to like help her clear it. So <laughs> So that makes it okay to murder children? No, it doesn't make it okay, but Same with Heather things, though. That's like one of the things that I love about Molly's character that she's able to empathize. I'm not. <laughs> okay. So I don't empathize with Heather or Helen. It, yeah, sad. You killed your parents, but... Be a better ghost. Be a better person. Ghost. Or ghost. <laughs> be a better ghost, be a better person. Both of them need to learn to be better people. <laughs> Helen accidentally started a fire. Her parents got killed. She ran out of the house, drowned in the pond. And since then, she's been looking for someone to love her. That's right. And all those little girls. Yeah, she asked what happened to all the other little girls. And um, Heather says that they always faded away because they didn't love her enough. No. And I'm like, well, uh, what you realize what she did, and there were no unicorns. I was going to say, they're probably really disappointed. Like, where's this crystal palace you promised me? Yeah. Oh, you mean I'm just dead now? (laughs) You mean mean I'm just haunting this pond now? No thanks. Bye. Boring. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to the afterlife. See ya. As they're having this conversation, Helen appears and is calling for her mother. Heather suddenly doesn't want to go with her anymore. Which is weird. It <laughs> just, whoops, I decided. Yeah. She, she's just like, they see Helen calling like, Mom, and she's, Heather's like, don't let her take me. I don't want to go with her anymore, Molly. And I'm like, what the fuck, girl? Like, two seconds ago, you were like clawing at clawing her. Clawing at her to get back to Helen. Are we supposed to assume the locket's power has something to do with this and she's been, she hadn't worn it long enough? I mean... Maybe the author makes no note of it. I'm no. wondering if, like, um, seeing Helen in this state of, like, Mommy, Mommy, it's my fault. Maybe that kind of, like, turned Heather off. She's like, oh, 
I don't want to be around that kind of desperate. I don't know. <laughs> Helen apologizes to her parents and suddenly they have a ghost family reunion. I really liked this part. Well, we're going to read the passage. Okay, good. She knelt motionless by the skeletons, her head bowed, weeping. Heather's hand closed around mine. Poor Helen, she whispered. As I watched, another figure appeared in the cellar. From mist, it seemed to form itself into a woman wearing a long dress. Smiling, she drew Helen to her feet and embraced her, comforting her, stroking her hair, rocking her gently. For several seconds, the two figures shimmered in the darkness, then they disappeared as quickly as the images on a screen vanished when the projectors turned off. Slowly, the terrible cold subsided, and I knew that Heather and I were alone and out of danger. It was Helen's mother, I whispered. Heather squeezed my hand. She forgave her, Molly. She forgave her. She looked up at me and smiled. She knew it was an accident. She knew Helen didn't mean for them to die. I know. I returned the squeeze, marveling at the tiny bones in her hand. Helen isn't alone anymore. She isn't sad. Heather gazed at me. Do you think my mother has forgiven me? Oh, Heather, she forgave you long ago. And Daddy, if I tell him, do you think he'll forgive me? I'm sure he will. Oh, sap, sap, sap. Yeah, in my notes I said I wanted the reunion scene to be more. I wanted more to happen. But I did tear up while reading it. I want an apology from Helen. <laughs> Look, guys, I'm so sorry. Thanks Whoa. for helping me yeah. find my family. Yeah. I really, you just caught me at a bad yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. There should have been like a, oh, you two. Um, yeah, so about the whole murder thing. <laughs> I was just going through something. I was going through some things, and you know, uh, I didn't. I, I feel like uh, I made a mistake, and, and I'm sorry. But you know, now that my parents are here, I'm gonna go. So, bye. so uh, have a nice I'm life. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry again. So, so, sorry. <laughs> oh, but we don't. Get nope. We don't she doesn't even this. acknowledge them. She's just like, oh, my mom's here. Peace. Well, I think she knew, too, that they're not really going to love her. She just needs her mom's love. Uh, <laughs> anyway, chapter 15. Hours pass, and eventually the family finds them in Finally. the cellar. Thing. Finally. People are looking for them. Yeah. Uh, they get them out of the cellar. Uh, Heather insists that they make sure to bury the parents' bones next to Helen's grave under the tree, where bones should not be buried. Heather, suddenly a changed person, is now glad that Molly's her sister. You're you're blinking like you don't believe this. <laughs> no, I don't, <laughs> because she was an insufferable brat. But she's unburdened herself. It was, it was that secret that was making her a brat. Right? Is that all? I don't know. I think she's just a bad person because she still harbors all these feelings of like resentment towards their mom and stuff like that. And I don't believe for a second that she's just like all of a sudden like we're no, best she will friends now. Some she will need some therapy, Dave. No, she ain't getting any, Dave. <laughs> so the next day, Heather goes to tell her dad about the fire. Molly immediately goes back on her promise to not tell anyone by telling I, her mom. I thought this was so strange. I wasn't very pleased with this. I'm like, why are you just gushing about this? You told her you wouldn't tell anybody. Yep. But she she told her mom. She's like, hey, guess what? <laughs> of course, the mom is like, oh, the poor dear. And I'm like, did everyone forget what a horrible, awful person she's been? 
She's only seven with a big secret. So that's okay to, it makes it okay to lie, steal, cheat, destroy people's belongings, basically enact revenge and death upon your siblings. <laughs> I don't know if her mom knew about all that, though. But no, it is not okay. It is not, not okay. okay. In the slightest. No, but I have a feeling that um, there's a good chance that the parents won't hold Heather accountable for things. Nope. For the rest of her life. Heather and Dave return. Of course he doesn't hate her. No. Kind of hoped he would. Oh my god. Just kidding. I just, yeah, I don't know. I just want Heather to get some kind of justice. I want some justice for the things that Heather has done. She's awful. She's not awful anymore. She would not have cared if Molly and Michael died. I don't even know if she would understand the gravity of it. There were parts of her, maybe it was the power of the necklace, that I felt like no, she was pretty do not blame like, delusional about what was going on. <sighs> Come on. They tried to they tried to make a few comments about blaming on the necklace, but I ain't buying that shit. <laughs> because she was already a pain before she had the necklace. That's true. That's true. So then a few days later, they have a funeral for Helen's family. Mm-hmm. Dave makes some hideous marble. You don't know if it's hideous. I'm imagining it being hideous because it's Dave, and anything that Dave makes is hideous. <laughs> Horrible they have marble rely, angel. That's, what they ha- that's why they have to rely on Jean's paintings, because Dave... Dave is a bad sculptor. <laughs> so somehow, a, a sculptor means he can also, like, whittle marble. Which, yes, uh... <laughs> I have a I have a fine arts degree in ceramics, and let me tell you, um, working with ceramics does not make you know how to work with marble. No. <laughs> like, what? This guy can chisel out this marble? Well, he did. Masterpiece? Marble angels for their tree grave, and I, I imagine it looks grotesque because that's the only way I can imagine it. I imagine it's like something a child would make because that's the only thing that I think Dave is capable of. <laughs> maybe maybe all parts of his life suffer because he, he can put so much into art and that's the only thing he's good at. So maybe it's a masterpiece. No. <laughs> yeah, I wanna I wanna imagine it being really ugly. Okay. I'll all draw right. pictures later. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a little bit of an epilogue. Months have passed. And everyone's all happy and stuff. They're all just this wonderful happy family great, now. Great, great. Helen was the only problem. Sure. It's not that Dave and Jean don't parent their kids. It's not that Dave will always let Heather get away with murder. Because that's not going to change. You think that's going to change? No, it won't. No. One day, they're having a conversation about Helen. They visit the cemetery to find Helen's locket hanging there. I don't know why it took her months to, to give it back. So now Helen's locket opens, whereas before it didn't open, it was like bent closed or something. Mm -hmm. Inside, there's a photo of Helen and then a folded note. See, it took her months to write that note. (laughs) She's like, maybe I should apologize. (laughs) But she still doesn't. Maybe I should have. She wrote the note several times and just tossed each one out and then finally settled on. What did she write? No, she writes, it's not an apology. It's. With love from Helen, do not forget me. You know what? I want to forget, forget you. Me. Yeah. It's, it's all about you, Helen. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just being like, hey, I'm sorry that I tried to murder you. you. By the way, I'm happy now, in case you cared. Um, <laughs> the end. 
not like, oh, don't forget me. It's important that I be remembered because I'm somebody. And I'm like, yeah, the vengeful ghost that tried to murder me. How am I going to forget you? Honestly, I don't even, I wouldn't keep a locket like that. I don't understand why. Why would they have why would you fond feelings about this? I don't know. I don't know. Because even, I mean, I get it. I like the little sob story. I like that she had a painful past. But even that does not absolve no. the vengefulness. And, like, you know, I'd be like, okay, cool. Uh, happy to be without Helen in my life, and I'm glad that she's happy. But I'm not going to keep anything. No. No. And I don't really want to remember you fondly because, like, even though she and Heather had some sort of, like, friendship, it was a fake friendship. Absolutely. Because it was just all full of lies and manipulation. Yeah. So their friendship wasn't real. She, once she finally found her family and, you know, became less vengeful, she didn't talk to them or anything. She, it's not like they had a conversation and she, like, explained herself. Maybe the power of ghostly reunion doesn't allow you that time to talk. They have to go into the light immediately? <laughs> yeah. They get their, like, ghost reunion hug and then they're gone? Yeah. Well, yeah. then her letter should have been, been a hell yeah. of a lot more than just don't forget me. Yeah, it should have been, like, a five-page five-page essay on uh, all the things that she's done wrong and why she's sorry. Why didn't her ghost mother make her write yeah, something better? You, be, you better write an apology, young lady. You you write a good one That's right. to those poor girls you tried to murder. That's nice. And then also write an apology to all the parents of the other girls you murdered. That's right. What about them? <laughs> How did she even fit a note in a locket? How big is this locket? I don't know. But that was something I was wondering too, especially if it's folded. She should have just left. Note. She she should have just left a whole entire notebook full of apologies. <laughs> just I am so sorry, written like a hundred times, <laughs> because then I know that you really mean it, yeah. or your mom made you do it. Either way, <laughs> it would be better than don't forget me. Right. Wear this locket for the rest of your life, and don't <laughs> ever ever <laughs> forget me. Yes, because Heather does wear it. She does, which, like I said, why would you wear that? I don't know. <laughs> That's the end of the book. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's like a sentence. It's like, and we all lived happily ever after. <laughs> and then that's the end. The end. Wow. Okay, so. So. Thoughts on the book. Well, uh, I think we both agree that reading this as an adult, the main horror is the bad parenting. <laughs> yes. I wasn't even scared about the scare. No. I'm like the I remember reading this and thinking, man, ghost story, wow, ghost, ghost, yeah. ghost. And this was like, Jesus, these parents just keep leaving the kids. I feel like the focus of the story now is that the parents are awful. Also, like, it was just ba basically the whole family dynamic, because Heather was clearly awful, and Dave was awful, and I spent the whole book just hating them. Not and even focusing barely were no, barely even thinking about the ghost until the very end, and then I'm mad at the ghost for, for them just being like, oh, no, well, sorry, she, well, sorry, <laughs> you know, do I tried you, to murder you, but you know, it's because I was sad. Bye. Do you think when the author was writing this that she was wanting more to do the ghost story or more about the family dynamic? What do you feel like her focus was? I feel like if she were to write this today, she would write the family different. Yeah. Because I feel like the focus on the family is so heavy that they're unsympathetic. Like, you felt some sympathy for them, but I surely did not. <laughs> As a kid, I don't think I paid much attention to Dave at all. Yeah, 
I don't remember. I remember hating Heather still. But the parents, I guess I was just like, oh, parents suck. So I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't remember. I don't remember them much at all. I don't remember blaming them. Yeah. Like, I blame them now. Yeah. So if you could come up with an alternate title for this book, what would you, what would you choose? Wait, how It's got to be like a short title. I can't have like an entire sentence. <laughs> like, Dave and Heather ruin the lives of nice people. <laughs> that could be your Heather tagline. needs therapy. <laughs> that would be, that would be like, uh, my stepdad's a dud or yeah. better off without Dave. <laughs> better off without Dave. Divorce Dave. <laughs> the end. <sighs> the summer my mom divorced Dave. There you go. <laughs> that would have been a better book. <laughs> Wait till Dave leaves. <laughs> Wait till Dave leaves. Which is always. <laughs> Wait till Heather drowns. Good. No. Yes. Do you want to? Oh, we gotta talk about the movie. <laughs> yeah. God, I Speaking forgot. Of scary things. So not really, I guess. We went back and watched the movie. God, it was so <laughs> bad. Uh, I think I had mentioned some of the changes at the beginning. You did of the episode. Like, Dave's a writer. Mm-hmm. Molly's a lot older. Mm-hmm. She's like what, fifteen? I guess is that how old she, she looked? looked like maybe she was fifteen. Yeah. But the biggest change is that their their characters are totally different. Molly is like a emo, like angsty, ang- angsty teen. Not just like depressed or no. sensitive, but no. just like she's not the Molly like, you like. Me- like rude and yeah, angry. She's definitely not nice to Heather. No, she's not. No, no one's nice to Heather. No. Not even Dave. Dave yeah. just ignores her. Yeah. Like, he doesn't do the, like, coddling that he does in the book. He just ignores her. And he's also just mean to everyone, too. Like, we never see a nice side to Dave. At least in the book. That he, like, makes some jokes. He, like, attempts to try to, like, show Michael his astronomy books or whatever. But in this movie, he's just, like, an angry dad just who just wants to be write. left alone so he can write. And Heather has no personality at all. Well, she's kind of catatonic she's in a way. Catatonic. She's catatonic. She was sent to, like, an institution. Yeah, so they actually did give her therapy, but it didn't do her any good. No, she'd been there for, like, three years. This poor yeah. child has been... So she lost her mom in a fire and has been separated from her family in an institution. Do they ever talk about Heather actually setting the fire, though? In the movie? Gosh, now I'm trying to remember. I don't think so. I don't think they ever do. When did they have that bonding moment? They had to have a bonding moment, right? They didn't. It was, was it just their bonding the mo- dusty bones. Yes, into the their sky? bonding moment was watching <laughs> Helen have her ghost reunion. That was it. That is so lame. I know. They never talk about her starting the fire. I don't think. But yeah, Heather doesn't have any that. She's not like the bratty. She's quiet and she just stares creepy. off into space. Yeah. Like they have all of these stupid, horrific. Like, oh, it's so scary shots of, like... It was scary. Her laying in bed just staring. I took my glasses off for most of the movie, so I wouldn't see anything. But the problem with the scary scenes is that they were just all the... They, they took... They pulled stereotypical scary scenes out of a hat and just threw them in the movie. What like, are some that they used? Like, the TV turning on by itself and being staticky. Yeah. Uh, the Heather being, like, pulled out of her bed. Ooh. I'm so glad I didn't see that one. But that's been used before. And then, like, obviously the creepy child just staring off into space. Yeah. Uh, the butterfly thing. Oh, yeah. It was kind of... 
I don't know what that was. They they added this this thing that where I guess I don't know. We find out at the very end that like Helen's mom called her her little butterfly, and so throughout the whole movie you see butterflies just like flying in weird patterns and shit and landing on stuff. And I'm like, what the hell? So I'm a ghost now. I can like control butterflies. I guess. Are you kidding? Just blue ones though. Just blue butterflies. <laughs> anyway, Allison was not very happy with the movie. No. <laughs> It was terrible. <laughs> it was a stupid, stupid movie. Yeah, it was kind of strange, the different character changes. Just, um, the mom just yelled about everything. She seemed pretty irrational in every emotion she had. So did Dave. Both of them just yelled. And, and Michael was showed up every so often. Yeah. He really didn't have At the him. end, he sees the ghost, though. Oh, so he does believe Yeah, him. at the That's end, good. he sees the, like, ghost reunion, and he's like, whoa! And I'm like, okay, cool. And then, in credits. Yeah. That was it? Yeah, that was it. So, the the book, the book ends after, like, with a, you know, a... Family resolve. Yeah, it shows the family, like, getting along and stuff, but this movie ends at the ghost reunion. Yeah. But it was terrible. Yeah. I think it has three and a half stars, so... Yeah. There was if, a, if you've got some time and you're bored one day, maybe I guess if you're just morbidly you're curious, or something. if you're morbidly curious, if you're a fan of the book, don't expect it to be anything like it, but yeah. if you just really want to see how bad it is, I'm sure there are people out there that just are morbidly curious, like I was. Yeah. But I didn't know going into it that it was going to be that bad. <laughs> that That's it. I was taken aback. You have been warned. <laughs> book is a scary one. Oh gosh. Oh, but not that scary. It's not a ghost story. It's okay, a different. I can, handle, I can handle non-ghost stuff. I chose Broken Hearts from R.L. Stein, and the reason I chose it is because it's February and uh, Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. Let me read you the synopsis. Roses are red, corpses are blue. On Valentine's Day, you'll die too. There's someone out there, someone who kills on Valentine's Day. Josie and Melissa are scared, especially when they receive threatening Valentines. Then the murders begin. Who is sending these horrible Valentines to the girls of Shadyside High? And who will be the next to die? Oh, man. It's, it's really strange that I don't remember. I don't remember most Arl Stein books, to be honest. I know that I read so many. Yeah. I just can't remember whatever happened in any of them. <laughs> for all of us. Let's have a good time. See you guys next time. Bye guys. Goodbye. To learn more about us and see what we're going to read next, visit our website at growingupbookish.com.